0: The National Championship on the line. Got the big name. I think Notre Dame got him. Got him. Put it on the goal for that. Catcher. Uh, Pows free. And Lewis got it on the reflection. Lewis is going to score. And it's picked off. Breaks free. They won't catch him. I don't believe. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown. Yeah! He's going for the corner. He's got it. There goes Davis. Oh my God. Davis. It's caught. It's caught. It's caught. Oh, is it. that a good game or what? Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk College Football. Today's episode will be a little shorter. I'm kind of waiting until after this upcoming weekend and then the playoff rankings before I really start diving into the main points I want to make the rest of the season about who should be in and like kind of what's shaping the playoff structure because those were all the good conversations come in. Those are the things that I get like fired up about and want to have like debates about. For right now, I just want to say that... After last week, last on last week's episode, I had a list of about 15 teams that were still alive for the playoff, and some of those teams are controversial, some of them weren't. Um, after this last weekend, definitely at least one of them has fallen off. Uh, Oregon is no longer on the list. Now that they have two losses, they're no longer on that list of teams that are potentially alive. Again, not that two lost teams can't make the playoff, or get into big time games. Um but we've never had a two-loss team in the playoff and just the amount of chaos it would take for a two-loss team to get into the playoff just doesn't seem likely. And then especially with like an Oregon scenario, not only do they have two losses, they're also both conference losses. So they need a lot of help just to win their own division at this point, which is why you can comfortably rule them out of being in the playoff hunt. A team that, for example, is still alive after this last weekend is Ohio State. And I know people are like, wait, what are you talking about? How is Ohio State alive up to date? Okay, well, Ohio State did lose control of their own destiny to a certain extent. But the reality is is that if Ohio State rallies, runs the table, finishes the season as a one-loss Big Ten champion, then there's probably an 80% chance that they make the playoff. Who's jumping a one-loss Big Ten champion as far as keeping them out of the playoff completely? Um, there's a couple scenarios where Ohio State could run the table and maybe not get in the playoff. I mean, let's just first let's just assume that Alabama's undefeated and going to the playoff. Let's just assume that. So that pretty much takes care of the SEC. No other SEC team would get in at that point unless there is chaos, a bunch of two-loss teams in other conferences, and then maybe there's a one-loss team out of the SEC that that gets a nod, like last year. Probably not, but let's assume Alabama's in. Let's assume that Clemson's in. Let's say Clemson's going to run the table and go in. And let's say the same thing happens with Notre Dame. Well, that basically means that you have three other conferences that are competing for that spot. And let's say the fourth spot comes down to the Big 12 champ let's let's just say it's Oklahoma and they beat Texas in the championship game and they they somehow find their way into the Big 12 championship game with one loss they win who regardless of who it is a rematch against Texas or West Virginia playing them twice or whoever they play let's say Oklahoma finishes 12 and 1 Big 10 champ or Big 12 champion sorry with their sole loss being to texas in an epic game then we would have to compare them to let's say it's ohio state who finishes 12 and 1 big 10 champion wins over penn state on the road big win over michigan at home and then a big 10 championship game victory over wisconsin or an iowa someone like that maybe even a purdue rematch and then those two teams would be compared to the Pac-12 champion, which at this point, it it's most likely that the Pac-12 champion is a team with two or more, two or more losses, just like last year, which is probably going to keep them out of the playoff hunt. Their best chance right now is for Washington State, who already has one loss to USC. If they run the table, they would be a one loss conference champion, which would give them the nod over a lot of teams, but they would have to hope that scenario plays out where their resume as a one-loss conference champion is better than the other conference champions. Their only hope is that all the other conference champions have more than one loss, which would be hard to happen because Washington State's resume, if they're a one-loss team, they have a good case to get in. Any one-loss conference champion has a great case to get in the playoff. But pretty much any other conference champion with one loss would have a stronger resume. Like, if NC State found a way from the ACC to they've already lost to Clemson, if they rallied, got into the ACC championship game with one loss, and somehow beat somebody and got in, then that's like a team where, well, maybe a Washington State has a fair shot against an NC State with one loss, since NC State lost the only the only good team of their schedule so far. But a one-loss Washington State is not getting in over a one-loss Ohio State or any one-loss team out of the Big Ten. And probably the one-loss teams from the Big 12, depending on who it is, they're definitely not getting in over any one-loss SEC team. Uh, And I think even Notre Dame with one loss might get the nod over a Pac-12 one-loss. Certainly a Washington State Pac-12 one-loss, which is the only shot the Pac-12 has at getting a one-loss champion. So... It's important to recognize the different hierarchies involved and like what matters, right? So losses matter. You have to have a better record than other teams to be ranked ahead of them. And then when you have the same record as somebody, the differentiating factors are head-to-head. If that exists, if it doesn't exist, you have to break down resumes, right? So take Michigan and Notre Dame, for example. If Notre Dame has one loss, and they're fighting for that fourth playoff spot, and the team they happen to be fighting for it with is Michigan. Let's say Michigan rally, you know, like finishes the season undefeated. They beat Ohio State, they win the Big Ten champion. They're, in, I mean, they probably wouldn't be competing for the fourth spot at that point. They'd probably just be a lock in, in one of the first three spots. But let's say that the other three spots are taken were we're locked on them and it came down to Notre Dame one loss and Michigan one loss being to Notre Dame well even though Notre Dame's loss would be later in the season and Michigan only lost really early which in normal situations you would take that team over the team that lost later but because Notre Dame has a head-to-head over Michigan there's no way that if they both are one loss teams that Michigan would get in over Notre Dame. They either would have to both get in together or if only one of them could go, in that situation, you're taking Notre Dame. You, you, head-to-head is one of the most important things in tie-breaking, so you would have to respect that. And then the other, now let's say it's a Michigan versus an Oklahoma. Just, I mean, that's where you're really looking at these two teams. Like, okay, you have this one-loss Michigan team, this one-loss Oklahoma team. That's a way tougher debate if that's how it finished out. And then a lot of that would still come down to Notre Dame. If Notre Dame's in the playoff then I think in that situation it's very tough, but you would have to go with Michigan because you'd say, okay, Michigan is this one-loss team. Their first loss was on the road to Notre Dame week one. Then they ran through the Big Ten, beat a lot of good teams. In that case, you'd have to go with Michigan over Oklahoma if it came down to those two teams. Now, everyone freaks out. Most of the time, there really isn't a ton of controversy. Most of the time, it kind of makes sense. Sometimes it's unfortunate. The most controversial year we've had under the playoff era was the very first year when you had the undefeated florida state they were undefeated defending champions they had to get in there was really no way to not put florida state in other than the argument of saying i don't think they're one of the best four teams but you can't just make you can't make that call when you have a, a team undefeated out of a power five conference you, you just can't everyone else had a loss then it was like okay well who should be the two seed? Be Or Florida State didn't get the one seed, but they were a lock-in. We knew they were going. And then the next best team, of everyone else had a loss. So it was like, of all the one-loss teams, who deserves it the most? Well, like we do in most years, we default to SEC or Alabama. An, a one-loss Alabama team out of the SEC... Well, they've got to be the neck the best one loss team there is. Then we all kind of realized, okay, Oregon's really dominant. They had their one loss to Arizona, but they avenged that loss in the Big Twelve and then the Pac-Twelve championship game. So they were in. Then you had the fourth spot, and it was like, okay, Ohio State, who is a team we had written off earlier that year for losing to Virginia Tech and losing their starting quarterback, and then they lose their second string quarterback in the Michigan game. So going into the Uh, conference championship game weekends, we're like, okay, well, maybe Ohio State, but they lost their quarterback. Well, they dominated Wisconsin with their third string, uh, and they uh, put up like 50 points, shut out. They just looked so dominant, and they were a conference champion. The other two teams fighting for that fourth spot with Ohio State was TCU and Baylor, which each had one loss in Big 12 play, and there was no Big 12 championship game, so they were split champions. Ohio State uh, or Florida State was in undefeated no debating they they got in then Alabama seemed like the next best team then Oregon so then it kind of came down to like three teams for the fourth spot and the committee chose Ohio State which ended up being right because they won the national title that year that's the most controversy we've ever really had in the playoff era you know in 2015 no one had a problem with the teams. Clemson was undefeated in. Alabama, one-loss team, but their Alabama SEC, the one-loss SEC is always going to be in. And then we had Michigan State had beaten Ohio State in the regular season and won the Big Ten. So they were in. Ohio State with the one-loss was out. And then we had a one-loss Pac-12 champion, which got in over a, an 11-1 and Ohio State team. Probably the most talented team roster-wise of the year was Ohio State. Well, not having a conference champion they couldn't jump another one loss team with the conference champion Th- does that make sense to everybody because people seem to think that like that can happen people seem to think that a uh, an SEC team with one loss that doesn't win the conference or a Big 10 team with one loss that doesn't win the conference that that team is going to jump a one loss conference champion and that's that's not going to happen and if it didn't happen in 2015 then i don't see how you could ever make it happen because that 2015 ohio state team was probably the best team that year on paper talent wise that roster was the best roster and then of course their coach is urban meyer who's the second best head coach to nick saban right now but no one had a problem going hey michigan state who also had a loss that year michigan state got upset by nebraska earlier in the year But they beat Ohio State in what was kind of a rainy, slugfest game. We all remember Ezekiel Elliott was very upset afterwards, said he didn't get enough carries, there was controversy, whatever. So Ohio State finished the year with one loss, no conference champion. Michigan State finished the year with one loss, did get the conference champion, they did beat Ohio State, they were in. And no one was arguing then that, oh, Ohio State should get in over Oklahoma or some of these other one-loss conference champions even though if you were going just off of talent and who had the best chance to knock off like an Alabama or Clemson yeah obviously Ohio State was better that year than let's say Oklahoma but it would have been just so unfair and ridiculous to tell Oklahoma hey you have the same record and a conference champion you have nothing to do with Ohio State but we have to let Michigan State in because they beat Ohio State And we just think Ohio State's better than you, Oklahoma, so we're putting you in. You can't do that. I mean, I think everyone can agree that that would kind of have been ridiculous. (laughs) Um, And last year, people act like that's what happened. No, it's not what happened last year. Alabama, as the one-loss team that didn't win their conference, they got in over two-loss conference champions. If Ohio State doesn't drop that game to Iowa last year, they make the playoff. Or if Ohio State um, does drop the Iowa game, but they had beaten Oklahoma earlier in the year, they make the playoff. If Ohio State finishes a one-loss conference champion instead of a two-loss conference champion, they would have no-brainer, undoubtedly have gotten that fourth spot over Alabama. It wouldn't have even been a debate. No one would have been debating. There was a debate last year because they were like, okay, we got a two-loss Ohio State team that it kind of seems like they deserve it more than Bama. Bama didn't win their division or conference. They got beat bad by their rival at the end of the year. You shouldn't just win your last game and go to the playoffs. So the committee was like, hmm, we either put an undeserving Alabama in or an undeserving Ohio State because of the decision they made the year before with Ohio State, Penn State, they had to give it to Bama. They gave it to Bama. And yeah, just because Bama went on to win the national title doesn't mean that that means they made the right decision. I, I think they did, I guess, make the right decision because like I've said this before. I said this last week. I've said this probably 20 times by now. They just didn't have a good typical option for that fourth spot last year. They just didn't. Last year was the only year Alabama could have gotten in with that loss at that time without a conference champion. If you take that one loss Alabama team, last year's one loss Alabama team, same schedule, and you put them in any of the other three playoff era years then they wouldn't have gotten in so people just need to accept that move forward and there's still a lot of teams alive folks let me just reassure you of that and refresh what I've been saying if you have if you're undefeated you are alive and 100% control your own destiny if you go undefeated you're getting into the playoff you don't have to worry about anything if you have one loss at this point You don't necessarily control your destiny. Some do more than others. Like Ohio State, even though they have on paper an ugly loss, it's more nasty than Washington State's based on what they have left, the conference they play in, and some of the wins they already have. If they rally, win all the rest of the games, and finish as a one-loss Big Ten champion, they'll be in. So they sort of even control a lot of their own destiny. Michigan's a one-loss team that, just like Ohio State, pretty much controls most of its destiny. Washington State doesn't control their destiny as much as Ohio State, but any one-loss champion has a case. So if Washington State keeps winning and all these other teams start losing, we have a two-loss Big Ten champion. We have a two-loss Big 12 champion, which could happen. Oklahoma, Texas, and West Virginia could all drop another game before they have rematches in the championship game which would mean that we could easily have a two-loss Big 12 champion okay it doesn't look like clemson's going to lose twice so wouldn't but it could happen washington state if they finish with a one loss and there isn't enough other one-loss conference champions to get the nod over them at the tiebreaker then they are going they will go over two-loss champions i'm like 99% sure of that it, just, it would make no sense for the opposite to, to take place. They're definitely not getting jumped if they finish with one lost conference champion. They're not getting jumped by any non-conference champion. Like that that just would not happen. So, again, there's teams that are alive, teams that aren't alive, but there's a lot more alive than we talk about just to go through the list. I mean, let's go by conference. In the Pac-12, there's basically one team alive at the playoff. It's Washington State. If we go to the Big Ten... Realistically, there's at least three teams. Ohio State and Michigan are alive, and Iowa is alive. Iowa also only has one loss. If they rally, win the Big Ten with one loss, there's a good chance they get in, okay? So you got three teams competing out of the Big Ten. Go to the Big 12. We also have three teams that could get in, Texas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma. They each only have one loss right now. So if one of them runs the table from here on out, you're going to have a one-loss Big 12 champion, which in most years has gotten into the playoff. Um, then let's go to the SEC. Well, the SEC, you got a lot of teams alive. Obviously, Bama. Bama's undefeated. Then, just in their own division, you have LSU, who also only has one loss. And if they run the table, they will be in the playoff. And then on the other side of the division, you have three teams alive just from the East. Georgia, one loss. Run the table. They're in. Florida, only one loss. They run the table they're probably in as long as Kentucky loses again, and then the other team Kentucky. If Kentucky runs the table, they're in. So, and then if you go to the ACC, you only have two teams, one team with a really big chance, Clemson, and then NC State sort of has a chance. They would need Clemson to lose twice. Not likely, but if somehow they found their way into the ACC championship game with one loss, won that game, they would have a good argument too. And then obviously uh, with independence, Notre Dame is alive. Uh, Maybe UCF's alive, but I... The group of five schools, undefeated or not, they, they don't get in the playoff. If they didn't get in last year when there was a perfect opportunity to put them in, they're probably not going to get in this year either. So I'm not even going to worry about that. But that's where we stand, guys. That's where we stand. And this upcoming weekend, we have, we have one, at least one. How many elimination games do we have this weekend? Uh, we have at least one, Florida-Georgia. That is a playoff elimination game because the loser will have two losses and probably won't find a way to win their own division and even if they did with the two losses probably aren't going to get in the playoff unless a lot of chaos happens. You really do not control your own destiny at all with two losses. You need a lot of chaos to go your way to get back in it. But that that's that's where we're at. So this game or this week coming up with the Florida Georgia game that's going to be one to pay attention to. You know, the week after that, we have LSU Alabama which is not a total elimination game, it's an elimination game for LSU and a big-time trouble game for Alabama if they were to lose. But that that's where we are. So there's a lot of teams alive, just keep that in mind. I said I was keeping this episode short, trying to keep it around 20 minutes because next week, after we have another elimination game played, after the committee releases their initial rankings, that's when I want to come in with a longer episode and really break down the landscape from there. And also, again, I want to the playoff is fun and all, but I want to also talk about the potential for some of these New Year's Six matchups because the next vex thing besides the playoff is the other New Year's Six bowl games, okay? If you don't get excited to watch a Rose Bowl, not a playoff Rose Bowl, but just a Rose Bowl between a 1-2 to two loss Pac-12 champion and a 1-2 to two loss Big Ten or at-large, whoever they put in there, just two top 12 teams. Remember, if you get into the New Year's Six, those are the six top games. So basically, you have the 12 best teams playing in those games if you're not excited to watch a top 12 matchup at the end of the year then i don't think you're really a college football fan if i'm being honest um like last year you know washington penn state and the fiesta bowl like I, that was awesome i love looking forward to the, those other bowl games with the big matchups and then even some of the other bowl games where you have like you know your nine and three eight and four teams like capital one bowls and citrus bowls and holiday bowls those are fun too i'm definitely not a fan once you start getting down into like the other bowl games those are meaningless. That's why you see a lot of, if you're an NFL player, you sit out of a lot of those games. But you haven't really seen kids not play in New Year's Six games. When teams make New Year's Six games, NFL talent or not, they they usually play. And a good example of that is uh, I remember when Florida State played in the Orange Bowl two years ago, 2016, not only did Dalvin Cook and Demarcus Walker from Florida State play and ball out, um, you also had for Michigan... They had an NFL player not play. It was due to injury though. Jabril Peppers didn't play in that game and he was devastated. They showed footage of him crying before the game started because he was so devastated he couldn't go play in his last college football game. And how can you blame him? Who wouldn't? I don't care if you're about to make millions in the NFL or not. If you're a football player, you love football. You love playing the game at the highest level. If you're a Michigan football player, and you missed out on a chance to play Florida State in the Orange Bowl, like that—that that would be devastating. I—I I would be—I know I would be devastated if I was a college football player and had to miss that game due to injury. So, my whole point is, yeah. So next week, when the playoff rankings come out and the committee is making their picks, and we have some more elimination games played, I'm going to also start diving into who's going to make these other bowl games because those are fun. Those are big time. I mean, if you can't make a, the playoff, which is a privilege, you know, like obviously there's a lot of teams like your goal is to make the playoff. That's what you want. But it's not like a no one except maybe some Alabama teams because it's become so accustomed for them to make the playoff and win national championships. But pretty much no program, even Alabama, I think, should be looking at any season like playoff or bust. Making the playoff is like, wow. We were a great team, but you also need some things to go your way to make the playoff considering we have five conferences but only four playoff spots. So making the playoff is like a privilege. Like, wow, I'm lucky. You know, it's just like the NCAA tournament. No basketball school. I don't care if it's a Kentucky, a Louisville, a Duke, or North Carolina. Those schools don't usually have the attitude, hey, Final Four or, or bust or the season's a bust. No, if you make a playoff appearance in college football, that's amazing. And if you win the National Championship, that's even more crazy and amazing. But a realistic goal is going to New Year's 6 game. If you go to New Year's 6 game and win, you had a great season in college football. I mean, even if you go to a New Year's 6 game and lose, you had a great season in college football, one that you'll never forget as a player, fans shouldn't forget. So that's what it's all about, getting to these New Year's 6 games. Of course, two of them are the playoff games, which are, you know, obviously a little bigger. But... Those six, basically seven games, the six New Year's Six games, two of them are playoff, then you have a national championship game. Those seven games are the main games that we're all trying to get to at the end of the year. Obviously, the the playoff is a little bit more coveted than the rest of the New Year's Six, but going to a New Year's Six is the ultimate goal. If they ever explain the playoff to like eight teams, I think they'll just use those six bowl games. They'll play have four of those bowl games be the first round, two of those bowl games be the final four like we have now, and then a national championship game. So next week, we'll really dive into who's going to those games, who's going to the playoff, and who can win a national championship. It's late October. November's coming. Football is amping up. It's coming to an end. It's well over halfway over, which is sad, that side of it, but the excitement is happening. I think we are due for a lot of chaos before the season is over, so it's going to be exciting to watch. Um, That's all I have for today. And this week, next week's going to be big. I hope to deliver a big episode based on what all happens next week with on-field results and the committee's first ranking. So I will see everybody then. Have a good week, and let's enjoy the games this weekend. Will you take it down? Will you decide?